If you're still feeding your flock mealworms, listen up. With Grublies, you can give your chickens all of that protein for their feathers, plus 50 times more calcium for their eggs. So say goodbye to throwing handfuls of made-in-China mealworms to your chickens, and hello to a happier, healthier flock with Grubly Farms Grublies, the official chicken snack of the Drink and Farm podcast. That's right. And when you switch from mealworms to grublies, you'll start noticing a difference in the quality of their eggs and your flock will follow you anywhere for them. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order and grublies always ship free. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am drinking an Evil Twin Brewing. I actually wish it had snowed more this winter. That's quite a title for a beer. (laughs) And a little (laughs) ironic, I think. It is. And that's exactly why I picked the beer. So funny story. (laughs) Very quickly. Jared picked this up uh, one of the times that we were in Cincinnati. And when I saw it, I was like, I have to drink that on the podcast because I'm positive that I will be complaining about how little snow we got this winter. (laughs) And it turns out that the opposite is true. Yeah. Oh, so much snow. So much snow in Ohio. So much. Yes. Snow, much snow. (laughs) So what are you drinking over there? So I made myself a bit of a mixed drink today. Um, it's uh, so I've been using Misfits Market for a couple weeks now, and basically, like the goal of the company is to reduce food waste, and they send you like weird looking vegetables that won't be sold in the stores, might get discarded because it doesn't look perfect. But like honestly, a lot of the produce does look perfect. Um, I've gotten some weird ass looking carrots, but anyways, um, (laughs) they had some other, uh, things in that shop too, that aren't fruit and veggie related that you can get. Uh, so I got this, these little cafe latte, um, like iced coffee with milk things, uh, in a can and the brand is Illy. I'd never heard of it before, but they're delicious. So I mixed that with um, some ice and a highball glass and a shot of Jameson cold brew. So Mm. it's all those coffee drinks you've been drinking on the podcast inspired me to make a booze coffee drink. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Elizabeth Steves, and she is at Steel02 over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right, welcome to our dive bar, people. Yes, round two. So excited. (laughs) Very. So in episode 145, we had discussed planning your garden. And in episode 150, which is the episode that is dropping this coming Friday, we discussed the different kinds of seeds you can purchase. So today at the dive bar, we wanted to invite you to chat with us about starting all those seeds for your garden in a very specific way. And that is with soil blocking. 
Yes, I'm so excited because like, I think I understand the concept, but I don't know very much about like the details. Oh, good. So it's, I think everybody's going to really like this because it's actually a pretty simple way to start seeds. There are a few tools and some things to keep in mind. um, And having it all in one place will be really good because then you can decide whether it's something that may or may not work for you. I love it. And in this dive bar, we're going to reference some information found in an extremely informative blog post that was written by Elliot Coleman. He is the official tools advisor for Johnny's Seed Company. What a cool job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll link to that in the show notes so that you have that and you can go check out his article. And his article is really cool because it dives into like the history of soil blocking, which we won't really get into here because this is just a dive bar and a quick conversation. Um, but it was super fascinating. So I highly recommend you guys go click that link and read it. All right. So let's dive right in. <laughs> See yes. what I did there? Dive bar. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so what is soil blocking? Soil blocking is a seed starting method that allows the grower to produce vigorous seedlings with roots that quickly reestablish growth upon transplanting. So the idea is that when you plant your seedlings via soil blocks, you're keeping the root ball intact, which means that there is less shock to that tiny little baby plant. So it will establish itself faster. Cool. Yeah, that is super cool. Because, you know, sometimes that's the part where you lose a lot of seedlings is they just die because of all the manhandling. (laughs) (laughs) Soil blocking also eliminates the expense, waste, and storage issues that are associated with plastic pots. I mean, who doesn't like to reduce waste? Right? And I think that that's something we can all, uh, you know, that all kind of resonates with all of us. Because I have a hard time figuring out how to store all of that stuff Mm -hmm. every year. Like, I literally just have piles of pots, like, all over my barn and my garage and in my greenhouse. Because I hate throwing them away because I might use them one day. <laughs> right, right. So then you become some kind of homesteading hoarder when you really don't want to be. Pretty much, pretty much. So um, you need a few things to make soil blocks. Um, and one of those is the soil blocking system. And the soil blocking system consists of three different size blocks. There is a three-quarter inch micro block a two-inch mini block, and then the four-inch block. And each size blocking tool can either make blocks for seed starting in their respective sizes, or you can insert a mold into the two-inch and the four-inch blocks that will create a divot that's perfect for the smaller size block to fit into. So in other words, the two-inch block has a perfectly shaped hole for the three-quarter inch block, and the four-inch block has the perfect hole for the two-inch block. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of neat, because what the system allows you to do is you can up-pot your seedlings as needed before they get transplanted into the garden at their ideal time. And some plants, like peppers and tomatoes, could be in the greenhouse for weeks or even months, depending on your zone, before Mm -hmm. they get transplanted in the garden. So if you had left those in that, like, three-quarter inch block size, it would totally overwhelm that block. And you'd just have, like, roots and plants everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a mess. (laughs) It sounds like it would be some kind of weird 
gardening horror film. <laughs> it's alive! <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> their roots are coming for you. <laughs> it's like the blob, but like little roots. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm picturing now. It's good. It's good. <laughs> good stuff. So the last thing that you'll really need um, is you also need trays to put your blocks in once they are mm. formed. Um, I use standard 20 inch by 10 inch seed starting trays without the drain holes. That's what I like to put in my greenhouse because they fit very perfectly on my nice little, uh, what do I want to call those? Potting shelves, I guess. Yeah. And um, I also got some humidity domes that fit onto each tray because humid seedlings or humid seeds are happy seeds, not humid seeds, humid seedlings. (laughs) (laughs) Humid seedlings are moldy seedlings, but we don't want that. (laughs) No, we do not. Um, But some folks actually use cafeteria trays or they'll like build boxes that'll fit the number of soil blocks that they know they want to create. But really anything that your blocks will fit in will totally work. Um, but I recommend holding or I recommend using something that holds at least a little bit of water because your soil blocks will dry out really oh, fast. Okay. So you want to make sure that it's not like, you know, just something that drains all the way. That makes sense. So how do you make soil blocks? Um, they're actually pretty easy to make, but they do require a special mix of soil. Uh, and you need that soil to have the right consistency to allow roots to grow, but also keep the soil blocks in their proper form until it's time for transplanting. So it's kind of a tricky soil dance. <laughs> now, okay, so we've talked about creepy roots and soil dancing so far. I love it. I got it. <laughs> We're on a roll. Now I'm just thinking of like baby Groot at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like dancing in his little pot. Like that's all I'm visualizing right now. That is the best. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was totally just dancing in my chair like Groot too. Just so clear. Love it. Um, And the type of soil you use is really important um, because garden soil alone won't compress into your blocks and hold shape. Oh, yeah, I tried it. <laughs> just <laughs> because I had to. Like I'm one right. of those people you you can't tell me that something isn't going to work. Like I have to do it. I have to touch it and feel it and smell it and like watch it fail. It's just it's the way that I was built. <laughs> <laughs> So many of the soil blocking mixes actually require a ton of different ingredients. Um, most of them are because you need proper aeration for the roots so that they get enough oxygen. Um, and you also need enough food inside of the little soil block to feed your new plants because otherwise you'll just starve them to death of nutrients. So that's why they're usually relatively complicated. Hmm. And there is a link, um, the link to the Johnny Seed article that we just um, talked about actually has a recipe in it. So you can go check that out. Um, And that recipe looks pretty par for the course for what I saw when I was trying to decide what I wanted to use for my soil blocks. And now that I've had time to kind of like digest all of the ingredients that are in the soil blocks, I realized I could have bought each of them individually, like from a few different garden centers and still put it all together. Um, But ultimately, I decided not to go that route just because it was a little hard to get a hold of some of the ingredients here. Um, And there are some like 
pre-made mixes that are specifically for soil blocking that you can buy. Um, but those I could not find like no. anywhere near me, maybe in the city, but not here. Right. <laughs> so um, I ended up improvising and uh, I mixed a 40% peat moss and 60% seed starting mix uh, to make my blocks. And I called it good and they held together really nicely. So I think it's going to work really well, but uh, my mix does not have enough nutrients in it to keep your plants healthy until transplant. So I'm going to have to fertilize my soil blocks and I'll do that every week after the first true leaves form on them. And I'm planning on using a, a liquid fish emulsion to feed them, which is going to smell super great <laughs> in the greenhouse. <laughs> Ooh, fishy greenhouse. Mmm. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be good. And I have to thank <laughs> Kathy Gormandy for that recommendation, um, because when I had talked about it on Instagram, how I couldn't find the right mix, um, but this was what I came up with. She's like, that'll work. Just make sure you fertilize and you'll be good. And she's the one that I like. kind of got the seed starting um, bug from. So thank you, Kathy. I appreciate that advice. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So to make your soil blocks, you will mix and wet your soil medium until it looks like fresh chocolate cake that you just dug your hands into and messed all up. Mm. <laughs> did you try tasting it? I did not. Okay. Okay. I, maybe I should have. <laughs> no. Now I have regrets. Because you're just talking about that rule <laughs> that you have to like smell it and all that, you know, in order to learn about it. I was just wondering if taste was also a component for this exercise. <laughs> Uh, it depends on what it is. Usually with farm things, I do not taste them. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Basically, uh, the consistency, you want it to be wet enough um, that a little water squeezes out. Um, but it's dry enough that it'll actually like hold its shape when mm. you squeeze it. Um, it's Once you do it, like you'll get it. It's kind of hard to explain like just verbally. But you know what it's like when you pack soil and then you, you know, yeah. like put it down and then it holds its shape. That's kind of what you're going for. Mm. And the way that I made mine is I mixed everything up and wet it in a wheelbarrow. And that was so that I had room to work. Um, but like a storage tub would work great too. I'm thinking one of those big, you know, like Rubbermaid tubs oh, yeah. that also double as chick brooders. That would work really well too. Um, you need a kind of a lot of it. So unless you're only doing a handful of blocks, I don't think like a soil starting tray would be big enough. You'd be mm. mixing often and it'd be yeah. annoying. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And um, once you have your soil all mixed up, you're going to jam your soil block maker into the soil and pack it with as much mix as you can pack into it. So you want to pack it really tight. Um, and the way that I do that is I kind of like scoop the um, the soil block maker around to kind of like scoop up all the soil and then press it into a big mound of soil so that it's compacting in there. And then you want to pull it out and scrape the bottom so that the bottom of your soil blocks are flat. Because if they are mounded or weird shaped, your soil blocks are going to like fall all over the place. And that'll be annoying too. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you will put the soil block maker into your tray and press the handle while you're lifting your soil block maker up. And you will have a line of beautiful soil blocks. Ta-da! 
Ta-da. <laughs> and it is a little tricky at first. Like I created some super weird soil blocks the first several times <laughs> and had to like, you know, rethrow it all back into my wheelbarrow. Um, but once I got it down, like just making, you know, like soil blocks for 30 minutes or an hour, it's really meditative and it's super satisfying to like see all those perfect little blocks lined up in your trays when you're done. I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun exercise. It sounds like it would be oddly satisfying. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like seeing something done when you've been working. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that is nice. Wish you could ask us your questions, share your can't-evens, or even tell us your farm story verbally, out loud. You can now by calling and leaving us a voicemail. Just call 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM, if you've been putting off typing up your farm story because you don't want to. That's a lot of typing. Why? When you can just tell us. (laughs) Well, now you can. We love to play these voicemails on minisodes, but obviously we will still take your written stories, questions, and can't-evens as well. But bottom line, we just want to hear from you. So make sure you call us and leave us a voicemail at 401-426-FARM. All right, so now I will tell you about how my first official soil blocking experience really went. Um, and I was so excited when my two inch block came in that I basically went straight out to the greenhouse and made two <laughs> trays of blocks because I was like, this just looks so fun. And I was right. I loved it. Um, and in fact, it was really early. It was several weeks ago. So there wasn't really anything that I was supposed to be planting at that time. But I found some onion seeds in my greenhouse. And I was like, well, I'll plant these because I hadn't planned on planting onions. So I was like, if they fail because it's too cold still, like they fail. That's all right. I still got to plant something and get my hands dirty and it made me happy um but you know if they grow then great I don't have to go buy onion sets this year so (laughs) win-win right exactly (laughs) yeah um I don't know if these are going to be successful though because it was actually kind of old seed um and Mm. onion seeds just in case anybody didn't know this they usually only last for about two years so after that like your germination rate really, really goes down. So you have to kind of buy that fresh every year, every other year. So I figured like there was no love lost on me if they didn't grow because, you know, they were old seeds and they probably Mm -hmm. weren't going to grow anyways. So after seeing how large the two-inch soil blocker was, I went ahead and decided to order the three-quarter inch micro soil blocker. And um, that was because I figured that the smaller size of the three-quarter inch would allow me to start seeds that require bottom heat um, in larger quantities because I'll be able to fit more of the little micro blocks inside each tray as opposed to the mini blocks Um, because I only have two uh, seed heating mats. (laughs) And oh my gosh, the difference in these two blocks is kind of striking like I need to take a side-by-side picture of them because when I saw the tools on the internet like I didn't really get it until I pulled out the micro blocker and was like you're kidding right like these are the tiniest <laughs> little things how am I ever going to get seeds into these the two inch blocks you can fit about 50 of them in a tray and the micro blocks 
I think I got over 300 in it. I stopped counting eventually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just so many in there. So that kind of allows you to save space while you're, you know, like testing germination rates or if you're going to start like a whole ton of seeds for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, you're selling seedlings or you've got a huge garden or a huge, you know, like plot that you need to fill with all of these seedlings, those that three quarter inch one will really let you like get a ton going. Um, the only thing is, is like you'll want to make sure that you have the the stuff that you need to pot them because <laughs> they grow rather right. quickly. <laughs> um, on February 15th, which was the first day that I was allowed to start. Well, not allowed. I was supposed to, I guess, according to the Farmer's Almanac, uh, start seeds here. And I went ahead and did that even though there was a giant snowstorm happening. And actually, there was ice falling on the greenhouse. While oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recorded it. And um, I haven't posted it yet, but I will before this episode drops. But I was laughing because you could like hear the ice falling on the greenhouse oh while I'm God. in there like talking about these soil vlogs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did plant celery and peppers because those were the items that I was supposed to start on February 15th. Um, but I did hold off on the cut flowers that I had planned to plant because um, with all the ice and stuff falling, mm-hmm. like I just mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose that much work in case something happened. You know, like right. I didn't know if we were going to have a power outage. And we actually were really fortunate. We have a generator. So if we had a long term power outage, we would probably be OK. And in fact, I think uh, we set it up specifically so that it would last for 10 days. Um, and that's mostly because both Jared and I work from home. Right. So we did not want to lose our jobs if there was a giant storm. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because like neither of our companies are within the state. So mm-hmm. like they may not get it <laughs> if we just right. like don't show up to work for 10 days in a row. <laughs> right. Um, but I didn't want to lose all that work if, you know, something did happen that was weird. Maybe like, you know, a breaker tripped or something, you know, that would be a little harder to, to detect than a whole power outage. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so I only did those ones. I used the three quarter inch soil blocker so that I could fit all of the peppers and celery into one tray because of the heat mat thing. Um, And also that allowed me to put a heat mat on top of the tray and on the bottom of the tray so I could like really warm those babies up. And in fact, um, one of them is sprouting already. And usually peppers don't sprout for about two weeks. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So like that that little bit of heat actually worked. And um, I had planned on leaving those in the greenhouse throughout this storm that we just had this week, but um, I chickened out and went and got it. (laughs) (laughs) When the forecast got below zero, I was like, nope, I'm done. I worked for two hours on that tray. I don't want to lose all that work just because I was trying to like leave it in the greenhouse. That doesn't make sense. It's one tray. It can go in my office. Right. So, yeah, it, it was um, it was a really good experience, though, starting in the snowstorm and in the ice storm. Um, and I'm glad that I did it um, because now I feel like I have a little bit like more of a handle on what I want to do for like the really big planting, which is actually going to start this coming Monday on March 1st. That's going to be my biggest planting day um, of the year. 
And uh, one of the things that I learned is that those little tiny blocks, the little three quarter inch one is actually, it's harder to use than the two inch blocker. Um, and I was considering using the larger blocks when I do the tomatoes on the first, because I was like, oh, these three quarter inch ones, they're such a pain. Like mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to handle it, but tomatoes are one of those plants that really benefits from the bottom heat. So I was like, no, you know what? I know what I know, so I'm going to do this correctly, and I'm going to figure out how to use this three-quarter inch blocker. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm also going to use the little three-quarter inch blocker to experiment with planting radishes and carrots and Mm -hmm. um, green onions so that I can transplant them into the garden after they've already germinated and space them properly. Because, you know, those are the kind of seeds that usually just like pour the whole envelope in a line and then end up wasting a ton of them. <laughs> so I thought this little micro blocker could be really good for playing around with that. So I'll see how that works. Like no guarantee that that's going to work, but I also don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Right. And um, the other thing that I really learned from this first experience with the soil blocker is that I had a really hard time getting my plant tags to stay upright in the three quarter inch blocks. They kept falling over. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, there's 300 plants in here. Like, how am I? I'm not going to be able to tell them apart because they're all peppers <laughs> and like a little like corner of celery. <laughs> I have like a bazillion pepper plants. Um, so what I did was I wrote down exactly what I planted in the order that I planted them in and I kept each varietal in one row. So that way I could, you know, like keep track of them. So if the tags fell over or they like fell out, I would like when I went to up pot, I could just retag them all. Um, but next time I think I'm going to plant my seeds in either the 20 block group from the micro and, you know, just like put some space in between the blocks of the 20 Mm -hmm. because I don't really need to put 300 seedlings in one tray. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot. And then I can keep the tag like in the middle, you know, so that if it falls over or whatever, like big deal, it just fell within a group of its own kind. So it'll be fine. Um, And that will allow me more space too for watering in between the blocks. Um, Because that's the other thing that's tricky is, you know, like I said, they dry out really fast. So you want to make sure and keep them hydrated. And so you need to leave space in your tray for that. So um, some things to remember when soil blocking besides, you know, making sure that they stay hydrated properly is um, when you do let them dry out on accident, uh, you want to know that they are going to float when you go to water them. (laughs) So be prepared for that because like it might get a little crazy in there. (laughs) But that's also just a really good reason to keep them hydrated. (laughs) Um, make sure that you have the supplies that you need to up-pot them when you need to. Um, I did mention that earlier, but I think that that bears worth repeating because you don't need those root monsters all over the place. Right. Sounds terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Because of their small size, your plants might need supplemental fertilization inside um, of these soil blocks. And um, Fish emulsion is great for that. You could also buy like a water-soluble, like all-in-one fertilizer. That would work really great. Um, you just want to make sure that you don't accidentally starve your plants. They're they're just mm-hmm. like people. They need light and food. <laughs> yes. 
And inside the show notes, we'll have links to the soil blocking tools and also a link to that IGTV that I made of the February 15th seed starting. I haven't posted it yet as of when we've recorded this, but now I have to edit it and post it. So (laughs) that'll get done. (laughs) So that's it. Thanks for coming to the dive bar about soil blocking. Yeah, we hope uh, your dreams are filled with dancing plants and not creepy roots after Uh, listening to this. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) And until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Bev and I have already gotten our 2021 flocks ordered from My Pet Chicken. They've updated their inventory and you just have to go check it out. My Pet Chicken can truly be your one-stop shop for all of your poultry needs. Not only do they have day-old chicks, ducks, and goslings, they also sell many of the products you'll need to be a successful chicken tender. You'll want to get your order in as soon as possible, though, to make sure that you get the poultry you want when you want it. And while you're adding sweet little chicks to your cart, you can add things like chicken saddles and diapers, cleaning products, chicken coops, first aid items, and so much more. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drink and farm to let them know we sent you.